0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to LettermanRoad.com. I'm Jeremy Birmingham, and this is another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, head to BuyersAuto.com and find the best selection of new and used vehicles anywhere in the country, but especially in Central Ohio. Tonight, myself and uh, Andrew Ellis, along with Spencer Holbrook, will be talking about the Latest push in Ohio State football recruiting news, uh, including a potential return for the country's number one ranked 2024 prospect in the country for the Ohio State spring game and a lot of other stuff that is going on around Buckeyes football. So uh, let's get to the show. Angelella Spencer Holbrook, joining me now on talking stuff. Guys, uh, we'll just start with the most recent bit of news. That's the commitment of Mark Fletcher to Ohio State on Tuesday night, the four star running back from American Heritage High School down in Fort Lauderdale. I know that the immediate reaction from a lot of people is, oh, well, there goes Richard Young. Well, there goes uh, Cedric Baxter. Well, there goes that. Well, Ohio State has been clear from the start, and they were clear with Mark Fletcher. They want a pair of running backs in the class of 2023. And what better place to get the first one than a guy who's really close friends with Richard Young and Cedric Baxter? I mean, if, if you're going to find someone to work uh In tandem with Tony Alford, it certainly would be a good guy to have uh, that knows them and that has been, you know, familiar with these guys for a long time. And that's Fletcher.
1: Yeah. And I think anybody worrying about how this might impact Richard Young and those other guys. I mean, you just have to look back not too long ago and some of the comments that Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor made about kind of being in a class together and sort of reducing that wear and tear on the body, you know, by not getting 35 carries a game and that kind of thing. but. As far as Fletcher goes, like I'm a big fan of those big running backs that we really don't see that often here. Um, kind of a different type of back, and obviously we know he's he's going to be recruiting those other guys. And Tony Alford now has to go and land one of those other one of those other big fish that's still out there. So it's a heck of a start for the uh, 23 running back class.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the fact that you need two running backs, you're probably not going to land both Richard Young. And Cedric Baxter. So, who's what's the next best thing? Go get one of their, their really good friends, and go get somebody that they know they can that can complement, you know, whichever one of them chooses to be in the class. And that's what I think the biggest thing is here. Mark Fletcher is the perfect compliment for whatever Richard Young or Cedric Baxter could do in this running back room, or maybe even an Evan Pryor if he's still around. Because I don't think Trevion Anderson will still be. I don't know. Will he be able to be here for one year? Maybe, but one year, I don't think one year, yes. Yeah. He won't be around very long. So you could potentially see maybe Evan Pryor still being in that room, Dallin Hayden. Like the guys in that room, they're all perfectly complemented by what Mark Fletcher could potentially bring to the offense.
0: Yeah. As far as what he brings to the offense, the comparison that I've heard from some folks in Columbus is that they think that Mark Fletcher is a Brian Robinson type running back from Alabama, just that that big. I mean, he's not I've heard other comparisons to like Derrick Henry because of his size. This is we're not talking about, like, the best running back in the NFL. We're talking about a kid that has a really big upside, big frame, catches the ball well out of the backfield, not afraid to be physical, uh, athletic enough to go around or over people, uh, and strong enough to run through people. So, I mean, he's really that, that kind of guy you need to have in your roster. And the Buckeyes right now, especially with Master Teague out the door and Marcus Crowley's future and health still – Uh, You just don't know what's happening with that. You need that kind of player on the roster, and that's why it was so important to get Fletcher. And that's why Tony Alford really zeroed in on him a few months ago as that that complimentary back. And and I know that there's folks out there who say, well, why take him now if it risks upsetting the order? And then, again, you don't have to go back far. Think back to 2020. If a kid wants to commit and wants to do it publicly, and you're going to take him Eventually, then you take it. You don't run the risk of Jalen Knighton or Bajan Robinson both saying, Hey, we're going to come to Ohio State. And then they end up going to Miami and, and Texas. So you, you need to make sure that the guys who want to be in the class are celebrated and given that opportunity if that's a player that you want. And that's Mark Clutch. Absolutely. You, say, you said it exactly right, Burr. I, I don't think I could have said it any
2: better. You can't wait on the, you can't allow these guys to to slip away from you just because you, you want to get, I don't know, maybe the term is greedy with, with, with recruiting. You you just can't have that mindset creep in of, well, you know, we, we will take this guy later, but at the same time, we don't want to upset anybody, you know, potentially down the road. You got to take them. And that's, that's just the way it is in recruiting.
1: Yeah. And I saw Richard Young tweeting some things about the Fletcher commitment as well. So I think, I think that's just the understanding that running backs have these days is you're not going to be carrying the ball 30 times a game and having somebody else to kind of compliment you. I mean, that's not a bad thing in this day and age. So yeah. Yeah.
0: The more that college football veers towards this full on pay to play, no longer amateur status that we're heading toward, there are decisions that have to be made by coaching staffs that are completely void of feelings. And you cannot recruit with feelings anymore. You can't worry about you know, how's this going to make someone feel or are they going to be upset? Are they going to badmouth us on Twitter at this juncture? Like Ohio state, if they want to compete with Alabama and Georgia and Texas A&M, they have to recruit the best players they can recruit at every position, every single year. And that is the, this transition that's happening for the Buckeyes internally. And I think that people are starting to see it a little bit on the outside. That is the the ultimate debate when we're talking about the quarterback class in the class of 23, the Buckeyes are back and forth because they're, their gut instinct says, hey, we can find a, a regional guy in 23 and don't worry about try, trying to get the big fish. But then if a guy like Dante Moore, who's really freaking good, ends up playing at Notre Dame or Michigan because you didn't recruit him, then all of a sudden you, you're you the loser in that battle. So, like, you have to just start really thinking about recruiting from a totally different perspective. And knowing that kids can leave in a blink of an eye, knowing that rosters can change in a heartbeat, like, don't you just have to get the best players that are gonna say yes right when they're gonna say yes?
2: I I think so, and it's it's a weird kind of dynamic that that everybody's just trying to navigate right now. You you've got to have you've basically got to load your roster with eighty five guys that you think can win you a national championship. There's not really a lot of developmental things that you can do anymore, just because of the transfer portal and NIL and and the way some of these top schools are recruiting that Ohio State expects to compete against, like. You have to have eighty-five guys so you feel confident putting out on the field and, can, like I said, win you a national championship. And you can't ups, you can't hurt. Be worried about hurt feelings. You can't be worried about, you know, what happens in next year if you take a guy this year. What happens with last year's five star? If you take this year's five star, you just got to take guys that you think can help you win a championship. And that's, it's a new thing because, like you said, Verm we've seen guys, especially a quarterback, where do you take a year off? Do you do you go every other year? You can't do that anymore. It's just as simple as that.
1: Yeah. This, this like pool that Ohio state's working with is very much the same pool that Georgia and Alabama and everybody else is looking at. So, I mean, if you're going to slow, slow play one guy, and then Alabama or Georgia is not going to slow play that guy, then, I mean, you're losing that guy to another playoff annual playoff contender. And that's, I mean, that's never a good thing. So.
0: Because you can't say, Hey buddy, we really like you, but we're going to wait and see if the guy we like more, decides to join the class if that guy that you that you like more is saying hey i'm not going to decide till november and that you know the flip side of that of course is what you see a lot of times programs around the country are doing that ohio state doesn't do a lot of which is saying hey we're going to take anyone that wants to commit and then seven months from now we'll just pass that guy on to someone else because the player that we, we like better decided we wanted to commit and the buckeyes are are they try really hard not to do that and it just this era of college football right now, and and there's a a bit of it that is just specific to Ohio State because their geography is such that uh, it requires them to be involved with players a little differently than the SEC teams that they're competing against. But at the same time, their stature requires that they're competing against these SEC teams like Alabama and Georgia. So, And this brings me to AJ Harris, I know people wanted us to dive into his recruitment, the cornerback from uh, Phoenix City Central High School. Ohio State's in this weird catch-22 where they have to make sure that players from not the Midwest visit very early because that's how you start the relationship and get involved and make sure that you are connecting with a player well enough to keep him interested a year down the road and into this part of the recruitment, the the spring before senior year, heading into senior year. But at the same time, when you do do that and you make a strong connection, it's almost harder to maintain it for that long than it is to, uh, you know, find a new one and, and develop it quickly in, in the spring. Because if you look at a guy like Aj Harris, who's seen Ohio State multiple times, who had a great relationship with the Buckeyes with Kerry Combs, uh, and has a good one with Tim Walton but there's just so much back and forth and you just don't know how do you, how do you judge what's real at this point with players around the country who get an opportunity to go to Alabama or go to Georgia, go to Florida, go to LSU literally every weekend. And they can't get to Ohio state, but once every six months. And that, that becomes a real challenge for the Buckeyes to know when it's the right time to dive into those relationships. Does that okay, make sense?
2: Kind of. Yeah. It, it's a, it's almost like a catch 22 you want to start those uh building those relationships early but you can't start them too early because then right, because almost- if you
0: if you wait then those other teams are so far ahead of you that you can't catch up and that's the
2: the problem but then you you have to you know if you show a guy and I hate to use this term, but it's just the way recruiting is now. If you show a guy a certain amount of love early on in the process, you either have to continue with that exact amount or elevate it, or else they think that you are, and I'm not saying this is with AJ, but like a lot of guys, you know, they think that you're starting to look like slack in the love you're showing them. And then it's like, well, not really. We, you just know where we stand with you, but it's all really confusing. And I don't really like it, but that's the way it is right now. And it's just a weird spot for Ohio state to be in. Like you said, you got to start these things early, but if you start them too early, it'll, it almost is like, you, you know, they almost get too comfortable.
1: Yeah. And the, the AJ Harris example specifically has just been kind of a weird saga. You know, obviously we know that the Kerry Combs relationship and then he left and then Tim Walton came in and has by all accounts done a fantastic job over the last few months. And then I think we all along kind of thought if it wasn't going to be Ohio state, it was probably going to be, um, like a Clemson or somebody like that. And then North Carolina was kind of in there too. And then Florida goes out and lands Corey Raymond and he's one of the best recruiters in the country. And I mean, Florida not exactly DBU, but they've got a long history of sending defensive backs to the league as well. And unfortunately right now it looks like unless he gets back to campus, which it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. It seems like he yeah. could be uh, heading to Gainesville. So
0: so the interesting thing with AJ Harris at this juncture is what does he decide to do? Does, because from all accounts, it seems like he's informed a number of people that he may have at least internally made a decision about where he wants to to end up playing football. And most people believe at this point that that's Florida, but if he doesn't make a public commitment and decides to then push into the summer and take official visits, does, does this swing back again? Does, you know, does he wait until the fall to take visits? And, and if that's the case, if if he made some sort of private declaration to Florida, are they gonna allow him to visit places that he was actually sincerely interested in? Or are they gonna say, hey, if you wanna go visit, you know, program X to see a great football game against program Y, go ahead. But if you wanna go see Ohio State, for example, they'll probably be like, hey, no, 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 no. Because something quickly transpired and changed from the time that AJ Harris visited Florida over the weekend of March 25th and uh you know to basically three days later because uh Ohio State there's been very little contact since there's been almost no communication with him from the Buckeye staff and uh that is a shock to a lot of people it's uh um and that that goes down into the ranks of the commits who were confused as to exactly why they were no longer in communication recruiting is sales right and uh right now it seems like Corey Raymond and Florida have done an incredible job convincing AJ Harris that they have what he needs and Ohio State doesn't and not just that but like don't even worry about him don't even talk to him anymore don't even give him a chance so uh you know whatever ends up happening I've got a great relationship with AJ I think he's a great kid but it is a very it's a very like great example of how crazy college football recruiting is right now because that entire thing Turn on its head a, a one hundred eighty degree turn in a two week stretch.
2: This is news to me, Burn. You are breaking news to, to I think Andrew and I both as as we sit here that the relationship has turned in such a dramatic fashion. Um, I know Ohio State is not going to. I would would assume they're not going to let up in that recruitment. Um, they're not just going to stop trying to recruit him. I guess maybe um, you know down the stretch here. There's a long time until signing day. But when you look at the cornerback board, there are still really talented guys. There are still safeties on the board. When you need, you know, Ohio State feels good about about what's in its cornerback room, but you also need guys. And then, you know, whether it's Canley, whether it's other guys on the board, there's some talented options out there. So if it does go south with A.J. Harris, I think Tim Walton will be able to do a good job trying to find guys uh, that, that he thinks can play at that level. But A.J. Harris is really talented. I do know that.
1: Yeah, I I think just with the number of twists and turns this recruitment has taken over the last few months, I mean, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Ohio State did come back into the mix and he shows up in Columbus again, but I think at this point, the best thing for Ohio State fans to do is just plan on him ending up in the SEC unless unless he does show up again, and then, you know, guys like guys like Kane Lee and, um, you know, like a Daniel Harris type of guy, those guys are just going to move, move up the board. Yeah. There are two more guys that are in the SEC footprint, so that's never going to be easy, but.
0: Right. And that makes a player like Christian Gray that much more important for Ohio State on St. Louis, who is in more of the Big Ten, uh, you know, swath of the country that you really hope you can make a splash. But then you have to worry about Robert Steeples, the SEC uh, cornerback coach at OSU, who is his former high school coach and blah, 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 blah. That catch 22 of like, how do you get involved? How many visits do you need until you know that a player isn't, the, you know, the right fit for the program, that the program's the right fit for the player? like that's what's happening with carnell tate also i mean he told me after his most recent ohio state visit that he doesn't even feel like the buckeyes are recruiting him anymore and that's not a negative like that's they've shown him literally everything they can show him on his six different trips to columbus and at this juncture you have to ask yourself if if someone wants to play somewhere else they're just going to play somewhere else because what else could he need to see from ohio state uh you know tennessee is surging i've heard so from a few folks in the last couple of days that maybe Tennessee is pulled even with Ohio State in his mind, or some people are even saying that he set Tennessee's ahead of Ohio State. And if that's the case, and I'm just going to say this, and I know I don't want bald Twitter to get all in my business. I know how it gets, but, like, the programs are not comparable right now. And if, if Tennessee has provided him an opportunity that Ohio State can't, I think that he should take it and, and go to Tennessee and, and enjoy it. Uh, because that's clearly, you know, this is a kid who's had an opportunity to commit to Ohio State for the last year. And if he's still not sure, maybe there's a good reason for that. I agree.
2: And uh, I'm at Spencer Holbrook, ball Twitter. Go ahead. Uh, because <laughs> these programs are not on the same level. Like you said, Berm, they are simply not. And whether you think Tennessee can get there or not, Ohio State, we talk about it all the time, Berm. Uh, you know, it, it's around this time every year. There's always a guy who, you know, it's Ohio State or. Kentucky, Ohio State, or, you know, let's take Tennessee, then they don't recruit against these these programs right now because they don't have to. They recruit against Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, Clemson, Oregon, USC. They don't have to recruit right now against the, the Kentuckys and the Tennessees. So if, you, if Carnell Tate wants to go there and he thinks there's an opportunity there for him to be a better player when he goes to Tennessee than at, to Ohio State, then it's almost like good luck and who's next because Brian Hartline is the best wide receivers coach in America. And he will,
0: whoever is on the roster is going to look really good playing under Brian Hartline. And so, Andrew, so yeah, Andrew, we're not, we're not writing Carnell Tate off here by any stretch. I still think that no, my, I still think he's going to end up in Ohio state, but I'm just saying right now that recruitment is a prime example of when, when all the cards have been put on the table, you have to ask yourself like, did you, did you peak too soon? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I think one of the kind of the rules of recruiting that I sort of live by is if a school hosts a kid for an official visit, he leaves that visit and that school is not the clear leader, then they're probably not going to get that recruit. I think in this case, it's kind of a unique scenario. We know about the name, name, image, likeness stuff that's involved here. Um, I tend to still think he's going to end up at Ohio State. I know Chad Simmons had an update today that a lot of people read and kind of struck fear into the um, hearts of some Ohio State fans. Uh, I think he'll get back to campus. I don't know if it'll be an official or not, but I I still think Ohio State's going to land Carnell Tate. Tennessee's a real threat. They have one of the top quarterbacks in the country and committed for 23. Um, The NIL stuff is real, but he's one of six or seven guys that Brian Hartline really likes. And if he chooses to go to Tennessee, then – one of those other guys or two or three of those other guys are going to end up in Columbus. So Ryan Hartline yeah. is going to do his thing regardless of what Carnell Tate decides to do.
0: There are so many moving parts right now, and we could talk about a lot of these guys individually for, for a long time, and we can try to do more of that over the next few weeks because there, there's going to be time. Carnell Tate's not making a decision anytime soon. We don't know exactly what's happening. Uh, the timeline with A.J. Harris at this juncture if he's going to decide to still take trips uh, around the country. What we do know is that the Ohio State spring football game is on Saturday. The Buckeyes are hosting a butt ton of uh, really good players in the class of twenty three. Yeah, butt ton, 2024 classes. Um, Carnell Tate's not one of them. Two receivers at Ohio State is recruiting pretty aggressively are that is Noah Rogers from North Carolina and Bryson Rogers from Florida, who's returning to Columbus for the second time this spring. I want to turn this on its head because the biggest visitor of the weekend. May not have be officially visiting yet because we don't know if it's finalized, but there has been at least some internet scuttlebutt uh, all, all day on Wednesday that Dylan Rayola, the class of 2024, uh, five star quarterback, the number one ranked player in the country, that he is attempting to get back to Columbus with his family. Uh, that's what we've seen on, a, on, on our message board. Chad Simmons posted that that was a, a potential for the weekend and we're just kind of waiting to see what happens if that does occur that's obviously very big news for ohio state and i think he would then be the the biggest visitor for the weekend but i wanted to ask you guys as you look through the list on letterman lounge we do have a full running list of visitors coming for the weekend on this edition of buyers autos talking stuff um guys what do you see as the most give me one or two players that are your most important visitors for the weekend and why andrew i'm gonna let you go first
1: here Okay, so I'll stick with kind of the wide, wide receiver theme here for a bit. We've spent so much time talking about talking about Carnell Tate and Brandon Innes, but Noah Rogers that you mentioned, Berm, out of North Carolina, um, I think on three has him as like a top 40 prospect, the number five wide out in the country. Um, just not a guy we've talked a lot about. He seems like he's kind of handling the process kind of in a more quiet fashion. So getting him on campus is going to be a big deal, especially with all this um, unknown surrounding Carnell Tate right now. Yeah. He's, he's probably the top guy for 23, and then this is going to be a big 2024 weekend if you just look at the the visitor list on Letterman Lounge. But uh, getting Sammy Brown back on campus, a linebacker from Georgia, I think Ohio State's a real player there, along with the Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, um, one of the top players in the country for the next class. So those would be my two that I'm kind of watching most closely right now.
0: Okay, Spencer, you're on the clock. Who you got? Uh, <clears throat> I think
1: I'm going to go with the defensive line and just the the –
2: basically all the defensive linemen that are on this list. Um, I think this list is as up-to-date as it can be. Mateo Uyunglele, if he's on campus, that that is absolutely huge. I know that um, it probably doesn't seem like Ohio State uh, is really in the mix there, but at the same time, like, we saw him on campus last last summer. He was absolutely incredible. And if if Larry Johnson can get Ohio State in position with him, I mean, you're talking about a, a whole different stratosphere that, like, this class could be in with a guy like him in the defensive line room. And then in 2024, there's defensive lineman Elijah Rushing, uh, Booker Pickett. Um, I'm just going on the list here, Nigel Smith. Like, There are some really talented guys in this room, in this defensive line crop, that have a chance to see exactly what the the path of the defensive line is. You look at Ohio State's defensive line this year, and I know that can't really draw a lot from the spring game, but the defensive line has a chance to make a statement at the end of the spring going into the fall. I think the defensive line has a chance to – Larry Johnson and that defensive line recruiting staff have
0: a good chance to uh, cement themselves this weekend. Yeah, Booker Pickett is the nephew of former Ohio State defensive tackle Ryan Pickett. So there's some family ties there, and I've just had a moment of just thinking about how kind of neat it would be to see Will Smith's son and Ryan Pickett's uh, nephew on the Ohio State defensive line at the same time. That would be kind of cool. Um, uh, the The relationship with Ohio State and Mateo late is – is very real like that's something that's maintained since last summer i I think usc is probably the favorite to land him but i do think ohio state is right behind them ahead of of uh, alabama and and clemson and others in oregon Uh, i would think that ohio state is in the top two for for mateo and i think that's a huge visit right one defensive lineman you didn't mention is jason moore in the class of 2023 a a really really good defensive end from the baltimore area who I, i think ohio state is kind of a secret player in that recruitment. Uh, you know, and as you start to look at the class of 23, they, they have been pretty patient when it comes to defensive linemen, but there's this groundswell with Mateo, with, with Jason Moore, the relationship that's still growing with Keon Keeley. There's some really big-name players out there for Ohio State that are, are starting to ascend into the, the realistic conversation portion of the program. Uh, and that changes everything for Larry Johnson, because, again, he just operates so differently. He's like a ninja, right? Like, no, you never know what he's doing behind the closed doors, or who he's talking to, uh, and who he's building relationships with. And that's really uh, fascinating to me. Um, I think there's another player in, in Ohio who I'm really looking forward to seeing back on campus. That's Luke Hamilton, offensive lineman from Avon in the class of 2024. I'm... I think it's probably too early for Luke to get an offer from Ohio State, but I think he's going to get one this summer, uh, provided that he camps with the Buckeyes, and he's expected to. Uh, K.J. Bolden from Buford, Georgia, if he makes the trip, he's a 2024 five-star athlete, one of the best players in the country, regardless of class, and kind of that Travis Hunter mold, uh, a guy that's really important uh, athletically, just who can do a lot of things. But the one other player I want to mention specifically is Walker Lyons, the the tight end from Folsom, California. His high school teammate was Rico Flores, a wide receiver who Ohio State loves, visited last week. I, I think that there's at least an outside chance Ohio State can land both of them, uh, maybe even a little better than outside chance. I think that the relationship with Lions, the Buckeyes are in that final group. And if especially if Rico Flores decides that he wants to travel to the Midwest for college, it would make it easier for his teammate to do the same thing. And I think that having these two kids from California on campus back-to-back weekends kind of goes a long way for Kevin Wilson uh, and then Brian Hartline to kind of pull off that double play. So that's something I'm really looking at. Um, You know, as far as the rest of the the weekend, I mean, I I think really what it comes down to more than anything is Rayola. I mean, if Rayola visits, all bets are off as far as when a commitment could come from him. I put in my RPM, my recruiting prediction machine choice for Ohio state uh, on April 3rd, the day after he left Ohio state from his, his last visit. And I'm telling you, and and I I don't, I I don't always love the prediction stuff and everyone knows that. I put in a pick for him because I watched Dylan Rayola at practice and he looked like a kid who just knew exactly that that's where he wanted to be. And that is why I put in my prediction. There was not any inside information. There was no secrets being shared that I just saw a kid and a family that looked like they knew that they wanted to be where they were and it just seemed like a perfect fit. And if he and his family decide two weeks later to come back from Arizona for the spring game, I think that's a pretty uh, gargantuan development in the recruitment. And if if you're talking about receivers in the class of 2023 even, and 24, of course, I think a lot of the 23 receivers might be a little bit slower with Ohio State right now because they don't know who that quarterback's going to be. If you know Rayola's there, 23 doesn't matter at that point. And, and you have a relationship that Dylan's already got with the, the South Florida Express guys, the Carnell Tates, the Brandon Innes, Jeremiah Smith, Jojo Traders. Like All of a sudden, you have a guy who's a very active, very willing leader and, and, a, and a magnetic personality and a dynamic football player as your, your face of the 24 class. And that could now launch that group into something really special for Ohio State. I think it would have a chance to have similar impacts of what Kyle McCord did with the 2021 class. Yeah, I think that that's a good, I think that's a good, you know, comparison. Dylan's personality, Kyle's very under, under the radar, kind of mellow fellow. Dylan is certainly not like a a loud braggadocious type, but he is extremely confident and very willing to reach out and talk to people. And that's, that would go a long way for Ohio State.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the number one player in the country, regardless of position, like consensus, number one player in the country. And, you know, Berm, when you talked to him after his visit a couple of weeks ago, when you did your Bermanology episode, I mean, you could tell his, his remarks, his comments were just glowing. And if they are going to come back this weekend, then I think that could very well put, put an end to the uh, Dylan Rayola versus Jaden Davis conversation for the class of 24. And he just has, just from what I saw in your interview, he just seems like a kid that's going to be kind of a lightning rod recruiter kind of kid, too. So if, if he returns this weekend, I mean, that's by far the biggest, the biggest news of the weekend.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things where we spent the last year talking about Jaden Davis. And it's not to say Jaden Davis isn't a really great football player, but Jaden Davis had six and a half months or seven months or so to be in a position where he, if he wanted to commit to Ohio State, he could have. Uh, And right now, I'm not saying that he couldn't now, but I'm saying that Ohio State's in a position that maybe they didn't expect to be in four months ago. And every single day that a young quarterback gets more time to be evaluated, the more data points come up, there's more opportunity to sort of say, hey, maybe we need this. Maybe we need that. I think that uh, Jaden Davis and Dylan Rayola, to me, uh, they're on opposite sides of the country. So it's not the exact same. It's not an apples and apples comparison, but if you talk about Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence in the class of 2018, you can't really go wrong with either one. Uh, and at some point a program has to say, let's just see who wants in first. Uh, there was conversation about Jaden Davis expecting to visit Ohio State this weekend. He's not. He's visiting Penn State. Maybe that's a sign that Jaden has decided to, you know, focus his attention elsewhere while he thinks Ohio State is focusing on Brayola. On I'm not going to try to put too many thoughts in, or too many words into someone else's mouth, but it certainly provides an interesting backdrop for what um, could be coming for Ohio state as a, as the class of 2024 looks for its first commitment.
2: And another comparison, I don't know, to 2021 Berm, you were, you were recovering recruiting more than I was then like, you know, Ohio state kind of had almost its pick of which quarterback it wanted in that 2021 class. And Ryan Day almost chose in a way Kyle McCord over a couple other guys. And you wonder if that's just kind of starting to creep in like they see Dylan Rayola on film. They see exactly how he interacts in the building. They see how he, you know, interacts with the recruits. And they, they just all of a sudden see that's the guy we want in our class. And, and once Ohio State locks in on a quarterback like that, you know, they, they've done it time and time again. They get the guy that they want. And you look at what they're doing with Dylan Rayola right now. Like you said, bro, if he makes that visit again, all bets are off, especially with the, the different skill talent that's going to be in the building
0: with him on Saturday. Yeah, and not making the visit doesn't mean that things are falling apart, obviously. Yeah. But it is important to, to note that he is at least apparently uh, reportedly considering it. Last thing, and we'll, we'll, we'll dive out of here in about, you know, five, six minutes. Commitment watch for the weekend. Give me one guy, one guy only, who you think is on commitment watch for the Ohio State spring football game and the big recruiting weekend ahead. Andrew, go.
1: I'm going to say one of the 2023 wideouts. I, I said Noah Rogers was my pick of the name to, to watch most closely. But as far as commitment watch goes, I'll, I'll say Bryson Rogers, the Florida receiver. I mean, I just – it's a 2023 kid. you got to think they're going to want they – they don't have any receivers committed yet. They probably are going to want to get some 2023 guys before they start to stock up on 2024. So it's kind of a shot in the dark pick. But I'll say, I'll say Bryson, Bryson Rogers, the receiver out of Florida.
0: Oh, man, I, I'm going to say you're on the spot. If you get it wrong, oh. right. you, you're never on the show again. Um,
2: I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Walker Lyons. I think that's an interesting guy to be visiting. Um, wow. I don't know if it'll happen right away, but wow. Spencer doesn't want to be on the
0: show ever again.
2: No, but I, I just, I think it's, it's always odd to me and maybe something odd not the right word, but when a guy chooses, I, I think Walker has been on campus before now, but when a guy chooses, to fly completely across the country and come see a spring game when he could probably just do that in September, not on an official and do it for a regular game. And I think that says something about a guy who wants to come from Southern California to in the middle of April to Ohio- On Easter weekend. On Easter weekend as a tight end, not the most glorious position in this offense and watch a spring game, a glorified practice. That says a lot to me. And so maybe it's just a shot in the dark. Maybe I'll be completely right. Maybe I'll be a complete idiot. And I'll be so wrong that everyone will make fun of me and I'll leave the message for (laughs) it.
0: Well, there's one or two ways that can go. Uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, (laughs) I I guess for me, it has to be Austin Saraveld, the uh, four-star offensive lineman from Lakota East High School. I think it's an extremely important visit for the Buckeyes in Saraveld. He's got a final three schools of Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Alabama. Most people believe that it is really Ohio State or Notre Dame. He's expected to go to Notre Dame next weekend for their spring game. I think it's extremely important for the Buckeyes to make sure he doesn't make that trip. And uh, I I know that Austin is handling this stuff very um, strategically, and he's trying not to rush into anything. He grew up dreaming of playing for Ohio State and had an opportunity to do so now for about seven months where he's been offered at the end of October uh he's already been on campus once this spring and from talking to people around the program at Ohio State they thought maybe he could have pulled the trigger on that visit and and he wanted to take a depth take a step back catch his breath see a couple other places I uh, I, I have a prediction in for Sarabelle to Ohio State and I have since the day he got his offer but I'm just going to preface it or asterisk it and say if he doesn't commit to Ohio State before next weekend's planned visit to Notre Dame, I think he'll go to Notre Dame. And it's not a knock on Ohio State. They've done everything they could. I just – that the personality we've talked about before, maybe uh, it's a better fit there, the The smaller campus, the, the less in-your-face uh, nature of the program because he's sort of a reserved kid. But I think he wants to play at Ohio State. That's the school he grew up dreaming of playing for. He has an opportunity. Luke Montgomery and Josh Padilla will be there with him the, all weekend trying to – to make sure he understands that they've got him, that you know, those those guys are going to be his teammates for the next four or five years. Um, so I think Belt is a guy I would put on that spot because if you don't get him this weekend, I think that there's a very good chance he ends up uh, going to Notre Dame. So that's all I got. Who else? Have, anything else you guys got to talk about? Any, any other stuff you want to talk? Nothing else on your minds? Andrew, you got something? What is it?
1: No, not really. I was just, I couldn't remember if there was a timeline in place for Rayola, but I don't think he really had any type of timeline set up here.
2: I know he was at Nebraska no. last week. Oh, I got something, Andrew. We're going to get to Berman. And I are going to get to talk about it with Austin, but I want your prediction on who the Bam Childress is going to be of this spring game.
1: Who the okay. Bam Childress is going to be? Oh wow! So who's going to go for like two hundred and fifty yards in the spring game? I was who's going to be the
0: player that it's originally the Albert Dukes Award,
1: right? But it depends on how you're asking it. Like, are you asking just who the, like, biggest stat guy is going to be in the spring game, but never go on to, like, really have a ton – like, Bam Shoulders to not have a bad career. But, okay, I'll just tell you my guess. My guess is Jaden Ballard. But I think he's also going to have a very good career down the road as well, even if it's not right this season, because he's obviously got some guys ahead of him.
2: I'm always curious. Who who, who people are going to come up with when, they, when you, they get asked this? Every year we have to ask. So
0: it's it's just as important as who's going to commit.
1: That's true. It is. I mean,
0: it's definitely not. But it, it it's it's <laughs> a fun. It's a fun conversation. I think most people would would agree that Jaden Ballard is a is a solid choice for that because he's going to get a lot of reps, and the Buckeyes are going to fling the ball all over the field because they only have three scholarship running backs available, and they're certainly not going to risk getting anyone hurt. So I think you're going to see him sling it all over the field with Devin Brown and Colin McCord, and uh, so I, it's going to be one of the receivers. So. Uh, I think Ballard's a pretty good, safe bet. I'm going to say, uh, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Jaden Ballard. got to be. Anyway, that's it. That's Andrew Ellis. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. Head to buyersauto.com for the best selection of new and used vehicles in Central Ohio. Head to letterminro.com for all the Ohio State Buckeyes conversation and stuff you can ask for. Thanks for watching. Thanks for
2: listening. We'll see you next time.